0: midlife, you're afraid to change, you're afraid to go out into the unknown. And I had these things that everybody has that, well, what if I'm alone? Or, you know, I have a beautiful house. What's going to happen to my house? What about the holidays? A divorce to me was such a bad, bad thing. And I worked really hard for 25 years to keep my marriage intact and with counseling and did the whole nine yards a couple times throughout a marriage. And so I think there, all those fears held me back and they hold people back because they fear what potentially will happen, but they don't think about what the possibilities are and the adventure that lies ahead. And they always say that the magic happens outside your comfort zone, and it's so true. And looking back, it's always like, well, if it's truly meant to be, and if you're in a marriage that isn't happy and isn't living the best lives, you owe it to each other to get happy, whether that's separate or together.
1: Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goodwin, and I'm so glad to have you with me today as always. Thank you so much for your shares and your downloads and for being a subscriber. I love being on this voice journey with you, and I've got a great episode for you today, a great interview, but very quickly, I want to remind you about my special, secret, special Black Friday small group program I have put together. I'm really excited about this program, and I'm really even more excited about the possibility that you will join me and get your voice ready to head into 2020. The transformations in people's lives this year doing voice work have blown me away. This is not about voice. This is about identity. This is about transformation. And it's been an incredible year. People have really done some amazing things through their transformation. And I'd love to help you with your transformation. That's why I've got this special Black Friday offer for my. Listeners and for my email list followers, so check it out. You can go to captivatetheroom.com forward slash p and get in on the small group coaching program. Work with me, hands on coaching, video training, really cool, super safe group setting. Let's get you making a bigger impact with your message where you can really influence others, stay in the now. Get the freedom you need and want to say what it is you need and want to say and really captivate the room every time you speak. I want to teach you how to control the conversation so the outcome is yours. So head over to CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash P voice. Now, I've got Lori Wright with me today. She is a gal that is in a mastermind that I'm in and I got to meet her live. I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, we had a live meetup, you know, live um, event with this mentor that I work with and ask her to come on the show. I think you're going to really like hearing from her. Very unique story. She's, her name is Lori Wright, and she's also known as not your average grandma. Intrigued already, right? But she likes to call herself the queen of midlife transformations after scoring a hat trick by having one in three different categories in the past 13 years, love, health, and career. At age 47, she faced divorce after being married for 25 years. At 55, her realization that her arms had turned into bat wings led her to get into the best shape of her life. And most recently, at age 60, she left her corporate career for good and took her part-time passion for coaching full-time. Her mission is to help other middle-aged women stop settling for a life they don't want and figure out what they do want, so they're poised to enter their next chapter with renewed passion, purpose, and focus. She's created a program called Make the Rest Your Best, where she teaches her mojo method system in a guided, interactive way that offers support, and accountability to help accelerate the transformation process. She believes everyone is here for a reason and what she loves most is to lead them to it. Let's head over to the show and hear more from Lori. Lori, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you with me today. Thanks, Tracy. I'm excited to be here. I know. I know. And I and listeners, I, you're really in for a treat. Now, I have not known Lori that long. Now, I have. I've known who she was for longer than she may even realize. Like <laughs> Not like in a stalker way, though. Not like in a stalker way. But we're in a couple of groups together. But I, I had this great opportunity to meet her and get to know her better when I went to a mastermind. And I said, oh, I'd love to have her on the show. So here we are. Mm. Now, funny how that works. (laughs) I know, isn't it? Isn't it funny how? And that's why I love those in person events because Mm -hmm. it's like you know who people are online and even maybe you have a dialogue with them or whatnot. But when you get in the same room with people, yes, right, yes, Yes. it just totally changes. Yes. Well, you've got a, a fascinating story and do fascinating work and a whole lot that I want you to share with us. So let's just start with. Now, I want to talk about your, your your corporate work, your past, all of that. But if I were to walk up to you on the street and say, so what do you do? Tell, tell us about what you do and why you do it and who you serve. What would you answer?
0: It's been an evolution for sure. And I like to start out by saying that I'm 60 because I'm really proud of my age and my evolution. So, And it's taken me a long time to get here. So, um, but I've come into my purpose, um, in the past year and I can't be more excited about it. And it's, you know, I say the evolution because, you know, I think our life, you know, is one of looking for our purpose and sometimes mm-hmm. it takes some of us longer than others. And, but everything that I've done up to this point has led me here. So, so, so Gloria,
1: Hold on, I want to just say something right just already off of what you said. I just want to pause for a moment and thank you for saying that because I know that so many of my listeners that just perked up their ears because I think that there's you know there's just so much noise about age and and finding your purpose and and I think that there almost becomes a hopelessness for mm-hmm. some people. And I know a lot of my audience, I know a lot of people, they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s, and they're still trying to sort that out. And I think you're just, you know, just from, just from the starting line, such an inspiration to those people, mm-hmm. to all of us, right? I mean, because yeah. there, there's no reason to be hopeless, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So tell us more.
0: So where life has led me is to, I I am a coach and I help women who at midlife are settling for a life they don't want. And I help them figure out what they do want. And I want them, I want them to find their purpose and live and make sure that the second half is the best half, because for me, that is happening. And my fifties were my best decade. And I said at the beginning of this year, my 60th year is going to be the best yet. And it has been. So, so I feel like, you know, I found my way and I want to be the guide for other people to help them find their way. But I also tell people I've had three transformations, midlife transformations. Um, I, I, I go by not your average grandma online and it was actually started as a joke because I started to work out at age, I was like 54. When I started, I started working out at home and I joined this online group and I got in the best shape of my life at age 55. And so as a joke, like I didn't even know what a hashtag was. (laughs) I would, I I just was like, well, I see other people doing pound sign something. So I'm just going to do it.
1: Oh my gosh. That's great.
0: I I thought it was kind of a way to like bold letters or something. And so I was just like, okay, hashtag not your average grandma. And And I did that and I really felt like I did my first pull up at age 55 and I, I just turned 55 and I, I did, it was not ever a goal. I mean, I can never, I had the weakest arms, you know, and the presidential, you know, you try to do the presidential fitness awards back in the day. Oh yeah. And I always failed because I could never do the arm thing. And, um, so it wasn't a goal, but it was in this program I was doing and I was like, it's like one of the workouts out of the, the zillion. And I had to do these pull ups. But over time, I I was able to do like three in a row. That was my max. But um, and I, I couldn't do one today. But that was like that was like my, my the epitome of my uh, transformation. And I say at 55, I did, you know, I, I didn't I was in more, better shape than I was when I was in college because I was in college. I was thin, but I wasn't like healthy. And so I, it just put me on this path of wanting other women to not. Just because menopause is such an excuse, I think, for so many people. Mm. So that got me started as a health and fitness coach. And I was my whole life, I was in the corporate field. And I was a project manager. I started as a project manager. And I was kept getting promoted and kept getting promoted. And this comes into settling for a life you don't want because I was doing what my boss wanted me to do, which was get promoted into the next thing. And and nobody ever asked me, do you well, one time he did, he said. Do you want to be a I man? This is when I first started up the management chain. And he said, Do you want to be a manager? I really want you to lead this team. And I was like, Well, no, I really like what I'm doing right now. And so I kind of said no, but then four days later he came back and he said, Well, yeah, you're gonna do it, right? You're gonna do it. And so I was like, Well, it's more money money was always my motivating actor, which is not a reason for doing things as I now look back, but I did it and I kept getting promoted and I kept getting promoted. And I ultimately got promoted and Got to the point of a vice president at AOL. So I had quite, um, you know, the good credentials that you would want to have. But then I started getting anxiety attacks and I started realizing that I, I now looking back, I know it was because I wasn't aligned with my mm-hmm. true purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I, I kind of fell into this coaching thing because I just by accident, like, found something that made me feel amazing and I wanted to share with other people. But looking back to my, you know, childhood and when I was in college and picking a major, I really wanted to be a social worker, which was, if you think about what social workers do is they help people. Yeah, They help people to better life. You know, I I really didn't have any context because I'd never worked with anybody who was a social worker, but that I felt that an internal calling to do that. And my mother and said, I remember specifically, she said, you'll never make any money doing that. And so, of course, that, that thought I carried around in my head. And that, so I always chose the, the, the jobs that got me the money, you know, that I had to go pick the job that made the most money. And um, my husband, my ex-husband, was a, was a police officer. So I always had to work and um, I became the breadwinner. Um, so, it, you know, and it also created a lot of pressure for me to continue to, to do that. But I just found when I became a coach, just like this calling and just, I, I just, I seeing women transform. I always say I'm on the front seat or like, I think of a, a basketball game, like your are courtside yeah. watching transformations yeah. unfold in front of you and this like put person blossom. Yeah. And so, um, but like I said, in the beginning, it's all an evolution because I now do, I I'm helping people in all kinds of transformations. It's not just health and fitness. And what I found with the fitness transformations is that's a temporary fix. And mm-hmm. it wasn't getting to the root of the problem. There was a lot yeah. more work that needed to be done. And so I wanted to help people with, you know, more much more than that. So, so I, I started to pursue that about a year ago. And I joined this mastermind um, that you, I met you in. And it's been an incredible year and I created a program. So I'm now doing, it's it's like a course and a group coaching program. But okay. it, yeah, so I really, that's where I am.
1: Okay, so I want to talk about the course and the group program, but I, I, want, I have a couple of questions that I want to get mm-hmm. your thoughts on based on what you've said so far. And then we're going to circle back. I want to hear more about the course. But mm-hmm. I, I find it, well, there's about, There's about a full page of questions I have written down here, but, but I, I find it so interesting that you said the story about your mom and no money as a social worker. And I realized many, many years late into my life that I had been told something similar. Mm -hmm. You're in a creative field. You're never going to make any money. And I didn't even, and I am in a creative field. I did stay in creative fields my whole life, but I had that block that wouldn't allow me to make money for mm-hmm. years. And it literally goes back to that statement. Well, you're, in a, you, you're not gonna make any money as an actor or voice coach or whatever. Isn't that amazing? The power, and that's the power of the voice. Mm-hmm. One phrase puts you on a, I mean, I believe that everything works out the way it's supposed to. So like, it wasn't really a derail. It was exactly where you needed to be. But isn't that fascinating? The power of one sentence.
0: Yeah. And I think those things that we hear and carry with us from childhood, they delay the process, you know, for sometimes. sure. You no, know, sure. they hold us back. And I think if we're lucky, we find our way. But um, yeah. I, I, I think that um, until we recognize those those, you know, they're called limiting beliefs. But until yeah. we recognize what those blocks are um, and believe I, I one, of, one of the core parts of my program is believing believing mm. in the possibilities. So many of us have dreams, but we always talk ourselves out of them. We just don't know how to believe. And, and I think the older you get, the harder it is too. It seems even further away because you think I've run out of time. I'm out of time. Yeah. I've wasted time. Yeah.
1: Well, and so why do you think in your experience personally and in the women that you serve, why do we get stuck and settle? And why do, like, I've got two questions. They're kind of similar, Why do we settle and why do women especially Mm -hmm. feel like I've got to be what everybody wants me to be?
0: Well, I, my, it's based on my personal experience and a lot of, um, validation I've got from the people I work with, but I I think, uh, women are nurturers by nature and they, they want to help other people. So they're always putting other people first. Yeah. And when you are a mom, everything goes by the wayside. You know, that's your, you feel when you become a mother, this is your purpose. This is what I meant to do. And none of us imagine the day that the children will be gone. Right. And I love, I mean, I worked hard in the corporate world, but my kids were my everything. I mean, I didn't miss a game. They were sports. Our weekends were dedicated to their sports activities and I grew great human beings and that's the proudest job I've ever had. But, you know, it's kind of like a layoff, you know, the day comes when your job isn't needed really anymore. I mean, I'm still a mom, but you know, it's not a twenty-four by seven right. job anymore. And when you lose a job you love, it's pretty devastating. It's hard to recover from that. I don't know if anybody's been laid off before, but I've been laid off, and it's it's hard. And so I think a lot of women they didn't find their passion because they put it on hold. Yeah, it wasn't important. Yeah. so it's all suppressed, and like I don't need that. And then when they get to middle age, they're like, Holy moly! You know, what do I do now? And they don't know where to go to yeah. figure it out. And I remember I looked, you know, I remember this book called "What Colors Your Parachute?" And I would go in the, you know, the bookstore and look for books like, "Where's a guide that would give me like what I need? What I need to do? What I? What is? What is it?" Um, and so I think that we we just get stuck because most women their primary their primary purpose for a lot of their life is being a mom. Yeah. So they just kind of shove their needs aside. They don't think they really have any needs. And then they wake up one day and they're like, holy I, holy moly, I do need, I I need, I need the passion again. And that's where I got, I mean, at 47. And it was funny um, when I was in the middle of it, I don't, I don't even think I recognized it, but my, my younger daughter had, was graduating college. So it was this kind of culmination of, this deep unhappiness that kind of culminated, um, the summer after she graduated from college and she was leaving, you know, like mm. even when they're in college, you know, you're still you right. know, Come home and you're still doing stuff. You live for the next weekend trip, they come home. And so, and I saw a lot more of her cause she went to a local college. Mm-hmm. Um, so she didn't live too far from home. Um, but my marriage was falling apart and, In fact, he was not even working in the same town as as we lived in anymore, and so I got to the point, and I think it takes women kind of a breaking point before they do anything, Mm. and it's a fear. So when you're when you're at midlife, you're afraid to change. You're afraid to go out into the unknown. And I had these things that everybody has that, well, what if I'm alone, or you know, I have a beautiful house. What's going to happen to my house? What about the holidays? A Divorce to me was such a bad, bad thing. And I worked really hard for 25 years to keep my marriage intact and went to counseling and did the whole nine yards a couple of times throughout our marriage. And so I think there are all those fears held me back and they hold people back because they fear what potentially will happen, but they don't think about what the possibilities are and the adventure yeah. that lies ahead. And they always say that the magic happens outside your comfort zone. And it's so true. And looking back, it's always like, well, if it's truly meant to be, and if you're in a marriage that isn't happy and isn't living your best lives, and he was unhappy too, you know, it's two people being unhappy. And so you owe it to each other to get happy, whether that's separate or together. And so I got to the point finally where I felt that I was more afraid to live the rest of my life. Mm. without passion um, and passion in life, not just like a you know because hum- another human being is not going to i mean that's a temporary thing right right,
1: right. Yeah. you know that's really interesting and and i i've thought about this before i 'm in my fifties and i 'm stunned sometimes, and this is, i think it explains why i'm stunned sometimes at the you know I keep up with the people I went to high school with on Facebook. How many of them get divorced in their fifties?
0: Hmm. And that's, that's kind of so, so many of my kids for, you know, their parents, we went to soccer games with. Yeah. We spent a lot of time with so many of them divorced after the kids got. Yeah. College. Yeah. It wasn't like that's after high
1: school. It was right. after even after college.
0: Yeah. Like when I did it and it was like, yeah, it, it's not uncommon because they're in your face there with like, you know, you the kids were the bonds. Right you know, with right. the family. And yeah. that was the that was the hardest thing is to let go of that cuz we we were a great family, you know, yeah. together. Um yeah. I, I felt like he and I were kind of the, you know, the CEO and COO of this of the of the mm, family. Yeah. We did a really great job building that business. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the partnership broke um after the, right. the you know, the real work was done and so yeah, so I have a real big passion um because I I was settling for a long time and I knew for a long time, I wasn't happy, but I made sacrifices because you know m- other people's happiness was more important than mine, and I, I don't have any regrets about that. Yeah, I don't have any regrets, and I feel that that experience and the life I lived gives gives me more belief that um, where I am and and helping people to have the strength, yeah, to, to live their best best life is that you know that I needed to walk that path. Um, so.
1: Well, and I want to, I'm going to circle back around in a minute to this alignment, but since you were talking about your divorce, I'd love for you to, and I don't know the full story, Mm -hmm. but I know nuggets of the story about the, what happened next in the, in the, in the romantic side of your life. It's just such an incredible story. I want to, I want you to share that with us.
0: So a big part of um, my program is to build a heart-centered action plan because I have been brain, I've made brain-based decisions my yeah. whole life. I, and, and my heart has said stuff and I've like ignored it. Or I've been like, mm. no, I my brain knows better. I mean, I was like proud of that because I was wow. like, my brain is smart. and. Yeah. I know what I need. And I'm like, and, and I remember I used to watch the Oprah show and she would say, you get these whispers, you get these whispers. Mm. And I had these whispers, but I was just ignoring them. I guess I didn't know where they were coming from. And now I know like it was my inner voice speaking. Yeah. But, um, when I got married, it was a rebound and he was just the next person that I met that was, I liked him a lot and he was really a great guy. Um, and he was older than me by about four and a half years. And he had his act together. And I remember our first date, we went out to a restaurant and I was like fresh out of college. And we went to a restaurant and he bought a bottle of wine. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> That's great. So, and so that like, just that really intrigued me. And then he was, he was nice and fun. And I thought stable. And I had had this relationship that had just ended and it was pretty intense and, Um, and I had finally severed that relationship after two years, but there was something about that person in that relationship in college that we just connected at a very, very deep level, kind of like a soul level. Yeah. And I, I wanted to marry him, but I, I I knew he was not ready. And I, I had a good idea that he would not be ready for a long, long time. And I wasn't willing to wait. And I know I needed to move on. And I knew there are other guys out there. So the next guy I met, um, we ended up dating eight months and getting married. But again, I'm going to say he's he's a great ex-husband too. Um, And so I remember walking down the aisle when I got married and thinking, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. And I didn't, I remember thinking I should call my old boyfriend and tell him I'm getting married because Mm -hmm. I just think he should know. But I I didn't because I was afraid. I was afraid that would open up. can of worms and then I would not do the thing that I thought was best for me which was marry this person who was a good man and would make a good father so fast forward and uh without going I mean I'm just trying to sum it up but uh I made a phone call when I realized my marriage was over and or that I needed to find something I, I mean my life was just miserable um, and it was miserable in the career department. It was miserable you know, in yeah, yeah. many departments. I didn't have a, I was such a workaholic that yeah, I um, didn't even have a hobby. So I, and because I encourage hobbies, passionate hobbies. Um, so it's kind of like this like lost, lost woman. Um, so I went to a friend's wedding out in California and she uh, went to her rehearsal dinner and got a little liquid courage. And I... <laughs> <laughs> and I went back to my hotel room and I, I Googled my ex-boyfriend, his name,
1: the guy from college,
0: the guy from college. Yeah. Yes. I, you know, I didn't know. I had heard, I had recently gone to a reunion and had heard that he, I, I didn't know for sure, but I had heard he still wasn't married. Oh. He had never gotten married still, okay. which wasn't surprising because he's just super independent. Um, so anyways, uh, we, we went to lunch. I mean, he didn't live where I lived. We were about two hours apart. We met halfway. We had lunch about a week later. Um, and we got married two and a half years later and we've been married for 10 years. So that is the quick summary of my, and he's been an amazing husband. And we both agree that we both agree that, you know, if we had, if we had done it on my terms, when I wanted, it would have been a disaster Uh, because he wasn't ready. Yeah, um, but if we had done it on his terms, I probably would have, you know, my all my eggs would have been dried up. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. it all worked out in the end. But and then you know, my my ex husband is. I feel like in a way I freed him because he was able to go on and have a life. He's happy yeah. and he's married. He's remarried. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So all this fear that held me back has given me, uh, you know, once I made the decision and decided to face my fear. Here I am living my best decade, you know, yeah. and doing work that matters that I've always wanted to do. Uh, so that's, that's my, that's my love transformation. Yeah. And my health transformation. And yeah. Then, of course, career is.
1: It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I want to sit, I want to idle here for a moment because you really are the poster child for courage The more I mean I kind of knew that, but the more I sit here and, and visit with you, and I love how you're talking about fear. My you know, obviously my audience is afraid to use their voice. And a big part of what I do with them is get them in the now. But what, you know, how do we face that fear? Mm. Is it, does it link back to that? You just have to go get, get so sick of living a life you don't want that you, that you bust through it. Let's talk about fear a little bit more, because I think that is the catalyst of destruction for every human
0: is fear. Well, I think the natural state is protection. And so when you're fearful, you want to protect yourself and you think of all the neg- negative, you know, you yeah. think about oh like oh that well the disaster that's going to happen when really you don't think about the positivity that could happen. Yeah. You know, it's all yeah. like thinking the worst instead of thinking the best. Well yes. what if? Because I look I know that if it it's quite possible my ex-husband and I could have come back together. That yeah. could have been the alternative, but we would have been much happier together you know, yeah. if that was, if that was meant to be, you know? So I just feel like I, some, so many people don't trust the universe.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. They don't like, if, they don't want to let go of control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the brain is what is, is the control and, and, yeah. what, and, and I listened to this on a recent podcast, which was, uh, I thought so accurate, but when, when it, it's kind of like, when you're being led with your heart, there is no fear. So it's, I mean, the fear comes from the ego and the yeah. brain and the brain saying, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, I, I did an exercise. I'm doing this workshop right now and I did an exercise, uh, in the training last night with the group and went, some of the women said they cried during it. And I, and I just went through this whole exercise. I had them close their eyes And I had them, and any of your listeners, male or female, can do this. And I think it's super beneficial. But I had them, I I walked through a scenario when they closed their eyes of them walking down a road and coming upon a time travel machine that dropped on the road in front of them and out comes their future self Mm -hmm. and that their future self was really excited And really had what they wanted, you know. A lot of people don't know what they want yet. Yeah. So this is a good exercise in kind of processing that. Yeah. So I asked them to notice what their future self was wearing, how they were acting, um, you know, what, you know, what, 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 you know, they're they're sharing, they're waving their arms, they're sharing their experience about what they've done. And, um, cause it was, it was just really powerful because people got answers oh, that they didn't wow. know that they even had inside of them.
1: Yeah. That's super cool.
0: Yeah. And so I think if you let your, your mind go re- without the fear to the possibility, you know, to the possibility and the, the excitement, and the adventure and sit there in that space, I think that helps reduce the fear. Yeah. Well,
1: and, and you know, I know that in any of my listeners that have worked with me or even really listened to me for a while are smiling because I talk about that a lot, you know, when we get into fear about, well, there's going to be judgment about what I mm-hmm. say, or people are going to think I'm stupid. That's exactly what I come in with. Or maybe they're not. hmm Why does it have to be that? Why does it always have to be the judgment? Maybe they're going to think you're amazing, yeah, right? And so it becomes about choice. But that sounds like a great exercise for helping people get into alignment with what Mm -hmm. they really should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And helping them find their way.
0: Yeah. One of my problems was I was such a workaholic that I was busy, busy, busy. And so I busy, busy, I say busyness is avoidance. Oh, for sure. You know, it's like avoiding the pain, avoiding what you're, you're, you know, the life you don't, you're living that you don't like. And so the, what the, the best thing you do is be quiet with your mind and sit with your mind and imagine with your mind. And, and then you'll, that'll, you'll start hearing things that you haven't heard because yeah. you need to listen.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I heard Oprah say that something like that one time, bringing up Oprah again, she said, you go and you sit and you be still and you don't get up until you know. You don't take action until, you know, you sit there and you wait until, you know, you know, and I think that's, that's what we tend to do is like, well, I don't know. So I'll just do this because I got to do something, you know, and that's so fear-based. And so, and then we're stuck and then here we are stuck because time just goes so fast. Mm-hmm. It's like, my son is 18 this year. I've been looking at colleges and I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah, You were seven a minute ago. Yeah, What yeah. just happened here? I don't know where the time went. Well, so um, can I tell you my voice story? I was just going to say, I heard you, <laughs> when we were chatting before we started, Lori said, Ooh, I've got a voice story. And I said, okay,
0: so tell it. Well, I think that your le- listeners, this will help your listeners because, and I don't know if you were like this as a kid, but do you remember we used to have those tape recorder machines? Oh yeah. And you ever heard your voice and you're like, <sighs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I was like, that doesn't sound, I don't I know what it is by why we don't sound like our voice. Yeah. Like when it, we first hear it. Yeah. 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 But, um, and so when I first started coaching, I was on Facebook and I was one of those people who didn't know how to do anything on Facebook, but I just like figured, you know, I kind of plugged along. And so I remember, I remember when I had to do my first like selfies and like selfies and posting selfies. And then I had to do a video Yeah. and then I had to do a video. I think I was in a group where I had to introduce myself or something. And I was like, Oh, Oh my God.
1: (laughs) So I know we're going to have to wrap it up, but uh, tell us about the program. Are you, are you this, the program you do, the program you're launching right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk to us about what the program's like, what you do, give us all the details.
0: So it's called Make the Rest Your Best. And yes, I I love it. And so uh, I have basically five pillars. I call them the foundational support for um, finding, you know, your purpose and, and creating your heart centered action plan. Uh, because I, I feel a lot of people, uh, well, there's different types and roles we play. And I say, you know, what, what I am, the goal is to become a purposeful mojo, uh, a, a midlife, a purposeful midlife mojo master. Um, because my, um, framework is called the mojo method because it's, you know, it's just a play on getting more mojo. Oh, cool. I like that. I just love that word. It describes a lot of, and, you know, a lot of women have said to me, I've lost my mojo. I've lost my mojo. Oh, interesting. So I've created the the system. The the five pillars are basically the mojo method. Um, But, you know, the different roles, like there can be a planner, there can be a doer, Mm. there can be a seeker. But all these people are doing things kind of in a vacuum, you know—either yeah. searching or doing all the things, but not the right things. Um, doing all the beautiful planners that look so pretty with the stickers, but they're actually not executing. Uh, so, so my my program and course um, puts that kind of all together. Um, and I, it's funny because I kind of use my background in project management. You know, it's like that's yeah, a piece of it. But I was guilty of doing all the the doing. I was being the super purposeful midlife you know mojo master at work but i was not doing it at home yeah because you need your life plan not just your right life. right and <clears throat> so a lot of people put together plans that are not necessarily the goals that light them up they're the goals that you know brain based or you know this would make my husband happy this would make my parents proud so so i help people you know really set their soul on fire that's that's my goal is to have everybody um, have souls that are lit up, and and when you when you affect one person in this way, you affect the family, the the, the support yeah. system around them, sees a different person. You know, if if they're not lit up, they're robbing their their family and the world of of a bright human being. Oh yeah. And and I, I felt like you know that, and so my kids and my grandkids are benefiting by me being so lit up now. And then there's that ripple effect as the world, you know, you just go into target and you're happy. And yeah. people with a, a smile from a stranger, you know, you could be like brightening somebody's day from just a simple smile. Um, and <clears throat> so anyways, um, yeah, so that's what I do. It's, a, it's actually a, a coaching program because I found it's really, you, you know, you need a guide, you need an accountability oh, yeah. system. And, yeah. and the women really connect because, they think they're all alone in this and they don't realize, oh gosh, she's she's just like me, you know? Yeah. And and so that support system is really key. And I think we tend to, you know, it's very easy to fall off the wagon when it's just us for sure. And not do the work that needs to be done. And when you have somebody that is 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 really rooting for you and and wanting you to succeed, then that makes a huge difference. So you know it's a six week guided coaching program and course. So that's, and then I do have a membership if people want to stay on with the community. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So six weeks.
1: So mm-hmm. you're doing another launch round right now. When will you start again? When will the next? Yeah, I have a Jan and January. i again. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to definitely want to put those links in the show notes. Is it like a mm-hmm. website that people yeah, go to? Yeah. Well, there's to? always
0: going to be a wait when, if I'm not enrolling, there's always a wait list at make oh, the okay. It's make, the, make rest the rest your best.com. Best. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Well, good. Well, I'm going to post those links in the show notes and, and then you, they can find you everywhere online with not your average grandma.
0: Yes. And I have a, my website, not your average grandma. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds like a wonderful I try to blog, but it's, you know,
1: no, sporadic,
0: but At least every couple of weeks, I'll put something profound up there. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. This past um, November, early November was my anniversary of the whole like, like major, like, you know, separating. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So 13 you probably, years ago, 13 years ago. Oh, so that's wow. what, yeah, that's been my, my topic of late.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's yeah. a good, that's a good thing to yeah. talk about because I know a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. You know, that feeling stuck and what I should do versus what I feel led to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's big. It's huge. You got to find that. You get one shot at life. Exactly. And when I woke up and I was over 50, when I woke up and realized this is it, Mm-hmm. what 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 are you gonna what are you gonna leave behind tracy yeah. goodwin what yeah you're gonna leave behind what are you gonna do here Boy, well
0: I got I'll, busy. Leave with, I'll leave you with this because this i i tell this story because it's really important for people who are especially like anything under 76 do you know that grandma moses didn't start painting until she was 76 oh cool she didn't she was she didn't paint and she got arthritis and so started painting. Oh, wow. So you've got 26 years to catch yeah. up to Grandma yeah. Moses. you yeah. got a lot of time. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. And that's true. And society says, you know, well, you're washed up at 50 or 60 or whatever. But I love those posts where you see Colonel Sanders didn't even start yeah. KFC till 55. And, you know, there's a whole laundry yeah. list yes. of people. Yeah. And I believe that. I believe that we're there when we are ready to be there. Yes. You know, I I just 100%. But I have tremendous faith, tremendous faith. So, well, this has been great, Lori. Thank you so much for being with us today. I've just really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back. And listeners, thank you for being with me as always. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Check out the the links to get a hold of Lori in the show notes. But uh, that's it. And until I see you next time, you know what to do get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.